Welcome, and thanks for listening to the New Life Christian Ministries podcast. If you'd like more information about New Life or for more podcasts and other media, go to newlifexn.org. Well, good morning. My name is Pastor Brad. I'm the worship arts pastor here at New Life, and uh, it's a great privilege to welcome all of you here today, especially if you're a first-time guest with us here today. We're so glad that you're here, thankful that you're here, and uh, we plan for you to be here, and I I trust that today will just be an incredible time where uh, God will speak to your hearts and uh, open up your your spirits to what he has uh, for us today. Uh, Before we dig into the message this morning, I want to tell you something funny. Is that okay? All right, so... um, Yesterday, my dad and I were tearing off the roof of our porch uh, at my house, and, and he was helping me, and uh, there was something going on with my left foot. Uh, every time I would move, something would go on the bottom of it, and I, I didn't know what it was at first, and then I was climbing up this ladder, and all of a sudden, something got caught, and, and I looked down, and the, the sole part of my, of my shoe or my boot was laying on the ground, and, and I looked up at my dad, and I said, Dad, I never realized that working with you, I'd lose my soul. And then we raised the roof. So, come on. That's funny. I don't care who you are. That's, that's funny right there. Well, uh, I'm so glad that uh, you're all here today. And, and I'm really excited to be uh, closing up this series. This week and next week are the last two installments of this Colossians Jesus plus nothing equals everything series. And uh, it's a great honor to be able to bring this to a, a close. And today, uh, we're so excited because today we're going to see God's plan uh, to reach people, those of, uh, those of us, all of us in here have a part in that, and we're going to see that. But uh, before we get into that, I mean, hasn't this just been an incredible series if you've been with us? I mean, it's been awesome for me. I mean, the Lord's, uh, yeah, I mean, let's celebrate that, you know. The Lord's really been teaching me a lot of stuff, and one of the things that He's really been teaching me a lot, I want to share with you to open up this message this morning, and it has everything to do with this uh, diagram right here. Now, if this is your first time here today, I want you to understand something. This, uh, this diagram represents a human person because the Bible tells us that humans are made up of three very specific parts, the spirit, the soul, and the body. Now, the spirit is the, the image of God imprinted on us. The soul is where our mind and our will and our emotions are. It's, it's where our personality is. And our body is what we see. So if you reach over and pinch your neighbor, which you shouldn't do, um, but uh, if you do, it's okay. That's, that's the flesh part. That's the body part that we can see. The, the, the soul we cannot see, obviously, but, but we know when, when it's active because it has to do with our emotions and how we're thinking and all of those things. And, and, and the spirit part is, is, again, that image of God, and we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But this has been just such an incredible thing for me as we go through this, this summer, particularly the past few weeks, about how important this is and how this represents uh, our relationship with God and how important it is that we understand how it really works. Because what I realized is in our natural state, the soul and the body have a lot more power than our spirit. Let me say that again. In our natural state, our our soul and our body have a lot more power than our spirit. And there's a reason for that. The reason is because God created all of us to live a particular way. In fact, God's way of life, we're going to call it this. It's called inside out living. Okay? This is God's way. All right? So inside out living, which means this. God designed all of us in here to live from our spirits outward. We, we need to live from the inside out 
to everything else. But instead, what has happened is this. When, when Adam and Eve were created, God created them this way. Everything was perfect, the scripture says. Everything was good. And so because everything was good, everything was working right. But Adam and Eve were given one rule, and the one rule was this. God put a, 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 a plant in the middle of the garden, a tree in the middle of the garden that he told them not to eat from. And Adam and Eve decided to disobey God, and they chose to eat, eat the fruit. And as they ate the fruit, sin entered the world. And what sin did was sin wrecked God's perfect plan. And now, in our natural state, we naturally live from the outside in. Okay? This is our natural state. Sin causes us to live from the outside in. And, and, and let me give you an example of that. All of us seek pleasure. All of us seek pleasure. We want things, we want to do things that make us feel good because we, deep inside something, we know something's off. And so we, we just pursue everything. A lot of people pursue money. A lot of people pursue power. A lot of people pursue relationships and everything that comes with that. And we're seeking all of those things so that inside of us, we might find life. And we're living from the outside in. But here's the thing. God didn't design us to live that way. God designed us to live from the inside out. But sin has wrecked that plan, and now we struggle from the outside in living. And, and it's, it's, a different, uh, it's a difficult challenge that all of us deal with. And what the Apostle Paul says is, in the New Testament, he writes, and he says that actually the body and the soul, when you are alive and when you are born, the body and the soul are, are alive, but your spirit is dead. Which means this, if this were to light up, when we are born, we come out of the womb, our soul and our body would be lit up, but our spirit would be dark. Until the moment we trusted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Because Jesus is the only person who's ever walked this earth who lived the perfect life that God has for us to live. And Jesus, who was both fully man and fully God, lived that perfect life here on the earth. And then he went to the cross and he died on the cross for our sin, the scripture says. And on the cross, he bore our sin. All of the, the darkness and the shame and the guilt, all of that stuff, Jesus bore for us on the cross, and he died there because there had to be a penalty for sin. And when he died, after he was died, he was buried. But three days later, God raised him back to life again, overcoming sin and death forever. And what happened in that moment is this, that Jesus disarmed Satan and now made a way for us to be made right with God. And Jesus said this, that it was better for him to go away because when he would go away, after he was raised from the dead, he ascended back into heaven. It was better for him to do that because he could send the Holy Spirit. And when we receive Jesus, we receive the Holy Spirit. And here's what the Holy Spirit does. He comes in and he wakes up our spirit. Or he gives us new life, is what the scripture says. And so our spirit then is alive, made alive in Jesus when we trust him as our Lord and Savior. So if you've trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior in here today, then your spirit has been made alive by the Holy Spirit. And now you can live from the inside out. But the problem is, is it's not that easy. If we all accepted Jesus and, and we were all made perfect in that moment, there would be a, really no need for me to stand up here and encourage all of us, including myself today, because we'd all be perfect. But we all know, and even if you're not a believer, you know that there are times when you want to do the right thing and you just can't do it. And you return back and keep doing the same things over and over. That's not just unique to you if you're not a believer. It's, it's unique to human beings. We all struggle with that. In fact, the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 7, 
there are things that I, I, I want to do and I don't do them. And there are things that I do that I hate. And I know I shouldn't do them, but I do them anyway. And so even the Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, struggled with this battle that's going on inside of us. And in fact, he named it very, uh, very specifically in Galatians chapter 5, verse, beginning in verse 16, it says this. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be, dev- uh, be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. And then Paul says something very, very important. He says this, these two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. So Paul is basically saying that when our spirit comes alive by the Holy Spirit, if we've trusted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, it comes alive, but then our soul in particular starts fighting with it because our soul, remember, wants to live from the outside in rather than from the inside out. And it, 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 it's a complete change. But God's plan is for us to walk in obedience to him and allow him to realign our souls with our spirits the way that we were created and then our bodies with our souls and then that way we can allow his spirit to flow through us to other people to those around us and that's what the lord has really been teaching me this summer it's it's all through the scripture it's incredible he says paul says in several places the inner person needs to come out through the outer person. And God, God empowers the inner person or the spirit to live through the outer person. It's just an incredible, incredible thing. And it's such a battle sometimes for us between the spirit and the soul. And I want to give you two examples, actually. And I'm going to use myself in these examples because um, this, is, uh, this will be very clear, I think, to all of us. And we'll all see somewhere where we struggle with this. I want you to picture in your mind that uh, I've prepared a message like I have for this one, and I've prepared and prepared and prepared and prepared for this message. I've looked up Greek words. I've looked up cross-references. I, I know this message inside and out, and the time comes, Saturday night's our first service, and so I, the time comes on Saturday night, and I'm getting ready to preach, and I'm sitting down here, and uh, we're, we're ending the worship song, and, and I'm pumped up, and, and God's, you know, I, I just feel like God has just given me this message to share with all of you, and, and I start getting pumped and pumped and pumped, and I'm walking up here, and I come over here, and listen, I deliver the world's greatest message under Jesus, okay? So no message has been preached that was greater than this message. I put deep focus into this message that backs up the study that I did. I put raw emotion into it, raw passion that backs up the focus and the study, and I deliver this message flawlessly to you. And you sit there, and you go, wow, That was the greatest message I've ever heard, and I'm pretty sure in the whole world that's ever been preached. And you're moved by that message. In fact, I go out here at the end just like I do every time I preach, and and, and you're walking out and you're shaking my hand saying, wow, that really moved me today. That spoke to me. But then as you go and you get in your car, things begin to happen, and all of a sudden old habits come out. And you realize, even though this amazing message happened and and it moved you emotionally and it even moved your mind and and your heart you remain unchanged that's the first one of the the problems that can happen when we allow our ourselves to operate within the soul and i want to show you that this way so let's say for a minute you have spiritual glasses so everybody get your spiritual glasses out like this okay and you're going to put them on just like that all right everybody else who's a rebel i ain't doing that that's stupid okay I get it. I wouldn't do it either, okay? But pretend. 
All right, so, so you put on your spiritual glasses, and let's say I come up here and, and, and I'm preaching my guts out, and, and I'm nailing that take-home point, and man, people are just like, people are crying, and, and it's just an incredible thing. And you're looking at this circle, these circles here, and what you would see is this. If these circles lit up for the parts that I was using, here's what you would see. You, you might see in that moment that, that my soul begins to glow. And, and in fact, it's starting to get brighter and brighter and brighter. And, and all of a sudden, it's spilling over into my body. And, and I'm flailing my arms as I'm raising my voice. And I'm speaking with passion to you. And all of these things are happening. And, and man, it's so bright. It's burning your eyes. And then you, you know how you look at a bright light like the sun and you close your eyes and you can still see it? You know what I'm talking about? Okay, you've all done that even though you've been told not to, right? So, so we've all done that. And you close your eyes. And then you, in the, as your eyes are closed, you see a donut. And you're like, What? And you look up here and you notice that the soul and the body have been burning brightly, but the spirit has been dark. You see, that's one of the things that can happen to those of us who've, who've called ourselves Christians, follow Jesus, is that we try to do our very best in our own power and we lack the presence and power of God. You see, because in my message preparation, I forgot something very, very important. I forgot to ask God what he wanted to say. And so his spirit isn't going to speak through me. And even though I can move your emotions and your intellect, which is entirely possible, even though I can move all of those things, just myself, if we lack the Spirit's power and the Spirit's presence, there will be no change. Because only when the presence of God is present are people changed. Though you may be moved, and though I may be moved, we won't be changed. And so that's, that's scenario number one. But let me give you scenario number two. So this time I've prepared a message. I've prayed. I asked God. I know exactly what he wants me to say. I know that this is from him. I've got the scripture ready. I, 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 it's just 100%, I know. And so I, I get ready, and, and I'm sitting here in worship. The end of the worship song, I come up here, and I, I stand in front of you, and, and I begin to deliver this message that I know is from God, and I know it's for all of us here in this place, including myself. And, and I begin speaking it. And then all of a sudden inside my, my spirit, I sense the Holy Spirit saying to me, you need to raise your voice here. You need to lower your voice here. You need to make eye contact here. You need to uh, point to your scripture here. You need to say this or say that. You need to do this or do that. But I ignore him. You see, if I do that, it's just as bad as if I do it in my own power. And what you would see if you put your glasses on is you would see this spirit part burning as bright as the sun but the soul and body would remain dark and there would be no release of the spirit. You see, in both of those situations, the spirit of God is not released. One, because I'm trying to do it in my own power and the other, because I'm ignoring God's leading. And that's what happens to all of us in one place. We've tried to do it in our own power or the more common one is number two, we ignore the Holy Spirit's prompting. We sense him saying, go talk to this person or give money to this organization or that family and, you know, go do this, go do that. And, and yet we ignore those things and we begin to uh, not experience the life that God has for us. And, and here's what Paul says. Those two things are always at war. He says, but in verse 18 of, of chapter 5 of Galatians, he says, but when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation of the law of Moses. And what Paul is saying here is he's saying walk in the Spirit and walk by the Spirit. Because what happens is as we walk by the Spirit, we walk in obedience to the Spirit. 
And so we say, God, what do you have for me today? Or what do you, would you want to say to all of us here today? And we allow him to speak in. And then we come up here, or I come up here, and I deliver that message, empowered by the Holy Spirit, letting my soul and my emotions listen to what God is calling me to do, letting my mind think through all of these things, and then letting my body reinforce all of those things as I communicate that to all of you today and to myself. You see, that is the kind of life that God has called all of us to live, a life that is so on fire in the spirit part, the image of God part of us, that it catches our soul and our bodies on fire. And when people see us, they see that we have been changed and are being changed by the spirit of God, and they want that so much because they've been trying to get it from the world. They've been trying to live from the outside in, but God is calling all of us to live from the inside out. And here's what happens when we do that, when we allow the Spirit of God to burn through us, we release God's power and His presence. And I want you to know something about God's presence. Here's what the Apostle Paul said. This is such an incredible thing. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he said, For the Lord is Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So I want you to, don't miss this today, okay? If you've trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and the Holy Spirit is, is residing in your spirit because that's what the Scripture t- teaches us, then wherever that Holy Spirit is, there is freedom. You're free today. I'm free today because wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Jesus said it was better for him to go away so that the Holy Spirit could come. And when Jesus w- was... When Jesus was killed on the cross and he died, something incredible happened. There was a temple in Jerusalem, and over the temple there was this great veil. It was very thick, and it housed the Spirit of God. And when Jesus died, the the veil of the temple tore in two. And it showed us that the Spirit of God was released. And now that Spirit doesn't reside in one place on the earth. It resides in all of us. And we are made alive in Jesus. And then we can allow through the discipline of the Holy Spirit, through obedience to the Holy Spirit, he can break through our souls and our bodies to other people, and we can be deliverers of freedom to those around us. It's an incredible thing, but we will battle it. We will battle the lack of power and presence of God because we're not tuned into what he wants to say, or we won't listen to him. We won't walk in obedience, and we'll just ignore him, and so we have to be constantly thinking about how can we allow the Holy Spirit to burn so brightly inside of us that it burns everything else around us and that we can be a bright light to those who are near to us. And in fact, that's what we're going to talk about today because that's God's plan. In fact, today's message is called God's plan to expand. God's plan to expand. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at Colossians chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 7 through 15. So if you have a Bible or a phone, you want to navigate to your Bible app or open up to uh, Colossians chapter 4, I would encourage you to do that. We're going to look at verses 7 through 15. And uh, what we're going to see today is God's plan to expand. And it's such an incredible thing. And uh, it's really cool that all of us get to have a part in this. So let's look at this. Verse 7 of Colossians chapter 4. Tychicus will give you a full report about how I am getting along. He is a beloved brother and a faithful helper who serves with me in the Lord's work. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, to let you know how we are doing and to encourage you. I am also sending Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, one of your own people. 
He and Tychicus will tell you everything that's happening here. Aristarchus, who is in prison with me, sends you his greetings, and so does Mark, Barnabas's cousin. As you were instructed before, make Mark welcome if he comes your way. Jesus, the one we call Justice, also sends his greetings. These are the only Jewish believers among my co-workers. They are working with me here for the kingdom of God, and what a comfort they have been. Epaphras, a member of your own fellowship and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends you his greetings. He always prays earnestly for you, asking God to make you strong and perfect, fully confident that you are following the whole will of God. And I can assure you that he prays hard for you and also for the believers in Laodicea and Heropolis. Luke, the beloved doctor, sends his greetings, and so does Demas. Please give my greetings to our brothers and sisters at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church that meets in her house. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, right now we invite your spirit to come and teach us what it means to live for you and to live allowing your spirit to burn brightly through us that we might release your presence, your power, your freedom to those around us. We love you, and we ask you to teach us that today in Jesus' name. Amen. So I don't know if you noticed anything very specific about this passage today, but there's really one focal point of the content. It's people. God's plan to expand is people. God's plan to expand is you and me. It was these people back then, it's us today. God's plan to expand his kingdom comes through us. And there, listen, this is really important. There is no other way that that will happen here on the earth. In fact, the today's take-home point says this, that God invites all of us together. God invites us together to participate with him in his redemptive mission on the earth. God invites us into this incredible mission to share this story, this way of living, this inside-out inside life that God has created for all of us to live. He has given us that life to pass on to other people. And it's an incredible thing. In fact, Jesus, after he was raised from the dead and he was appearing back to his disciples, and before he ascended back into heaven so he could send the Holy Spirit, he gave his disciples one very specific command. And here's what it says. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore... So Jesus, picture this, Jesus, if you trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have called him your king, your Lord, your God. That means he's in charge of your life. He is giving the commands. And here's one of the, the commands that he gives us, and it's a great command, and call it the great command. And here's, here's what it says. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So Jesus, before he ascended back into heaven, these, these are like really important, guys. Really, really important because we always want to say the most important stuff before our time's running out. Right? Before somebody's about to leave your house, before somebody's about to die, whatever that moment is, we always want to share the most important things. And Jesus shares this. Listen. Go and make disciples. And the cool thing about the Greek there is the Greek actually says, as you are going, as you are going, which implies this. You see, some of us, we might read that if you've trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You might read that and go, man, Jesus telling me to go to Africa or Asia or, you know, down south or Canada, just wherever you don't want to go, okay? So Jesus, Jesus might call me to do that, you know? And, and the reality is he might call you 
to do that. He might call you to do that. But the Greek says here, as you are going, which means as you are going to work, as you are going to eat, if you're going out to eat today, wherever you, know, you enjoy, wherever you hang out with friends, whatever, wherever you're going, maybe you're going home where you live, wherever you live, wherever you work, wherever you play, Jesus says, as you are going, seek opportunities to make disciples. Seek opportunities to listen to my spirit and let my spirit break through your soul and your body that I might bring life to all of those around you, your coworkers, your boss, your, your friends, your family. In fact, that's what happened with all of these guys that Paul mentioned today in the letter. And it's an incredible thing, and we're going to look at this. In fact, there are four specific roles that are represented in this passage alone. And there are four very important roles that some of us in here will play. There are more, but there are these four specific labels. So we're going to look at them. Verse 7, Tychicus will give you a full report about how I'm getting along. He is a beloved brother and a faithful helper who serves with me in the Lord's work. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, to let you know how we are doing and to encourage you. I am also sending Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, one of your own people. He and Tychicus will tell you everything that's happening here. So you see, Paul's pointing out here that there are, there are two guys who have a very specific role. Tychicus and Onesimus, their, their roles in this moment are messengers. And in fact, their roles, we, we think, you know, messengers, you know, what's the point of that? We could call it logistics today, whatever you want to call it, getting something from here to there. What's, you know, what's the big deal about that? Well, here's the big deal. Tychicus and Onesimus, they delivered that message to the church at Colossia. And today, we hold it in our hands as part of the New Testament. That's incredible. That's such an incredible thing because God, they listened to God's spirit. He, he had a plan for them. He wanted them to take this letter that Paul wrote when he was in Rome. He was actually in prison. He wrote this letter in Rome. He wanted these guys to take it to this church in Colossae, not only so they could read it, but so the churches around there could read it. And on 2,000 years later, so we can read it here today. God always has a plan. And he wants to use all of us to accomplish that. He invites us to accomplish his mission on the earth. Then there's another guy. Three guys, actually. Aristarchus, who is in prison with me, sends you his greetings, and so does Mark, Barnabas's cousin. As you were instructed before, make Mark welcome if he comes your way. Jesus, the one we call Justice, also sends his greetings. These are the only Jewish believers among my co-workers. They are working with me here for the kingdom of God, and what a comfort they have been. So first we have the, the messengers, and here we have a very specific group of co-workers, people who were co-laboring with Paul to share the message wherever he was. And they were working with him to get out that message that God loves you, and God has a plan for your life, and his plan is to live a life that lives from the inside out, not the outside in. And they were laboring with him, but here's the amazing thing about these three guys. These three guys were encouraging Paul. They were encouraging Paul, and here's how I know that, because Paul wrote that they were a comfort to him. Paul's in prison. Paul's in prison. It's not a great experience right now for Paul, but he's comforted by these guys because they're encouraging him in the work that they are doing. They're putting their courage into Paul, and Paul sees that the job's getting done, and he is comforted by that. And so we have the messengers, and then we have the encouragers, and then there's a, a very important role here represented by a guy named Epaphras. In verse 12, we read, Epaphras, a member of your own fellowship and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends you his greetings. He always prays earnestly for you, asking God to make you strong and perfect, fully confident that you are following the whole will of God. 
I can assure you that he prays hard for you and also for the believers in Laodicea and Heropolis. So we have the group of messengers, we have the group of encouragers, and now we have this man named Epaphras who is praying diligently for the power and the presence of God to be released through the church. And here's the thing, guys. The church, it's not this building. The church is you and me. Remember God's plan to expand, you and me? God's plan to expand is the church, us, together, living lives from the inside out, that God's presence and power might be released. And that's what Epaphras was praying for, that they would know and experience the perfect will of God, then they would follow the whole will of God from the inside out, and that they would live and they would burn with passion for Jesus and his mission on the earth. And that's what Epaphras was praying for. You see, Epaphras was a prayer warrior. He was praying that the Spirit of God would move in power over addiction, over family issues, over relationships, over greed, over all of these things that God would have control. Because listen, all of those things come from an outside-in perspective. But an inside-out perspective is letting God have control and lead all of us, completely integrated, everything, our whole self, given to his whole will. That's what Epaphras was praying for. And then he names a couple of other guys. In verse 14, he says, Luke, the beloved doctor, sends his greetings, and so does Demas. Now, Luke was really incredibly important because you've got your messengers, Tychicus and Anonymous, whatever, and then you've got uh, an enemy. It's like trying to say an enemy, okay? It's impossible. So, except I just said it, which is funny because I can't say that word. Okay, so anyway, so you've got these two guys that are messengers, and then you've got uh, this, this group of encouragers, and then you've got Epaphras, who's a prayer warrior, and then you've got this guy named Luke, and Luke was a doctor. But more than that, Luke became a systematic journalist. Luke became a systematic journalist because in his gospel, which is also in our New Testament, he writes to a guy named Theophilus, he says, Theophilus, I'm writing this so that you might have an orderly account of the life of Jesus. And what Luke was doing is he was following the leading of the Holy Spirit who was telling Luke, Luke, you need to write this stuff down. You need to get an orderly account of what happened. And so he let his mind and his will be wrapped around all of those things and his emotions, and he wrote with his body. And it, I'm sure it took him a long time as he wrote all of these things down that happened with Jesus. He's, Luke was a systematic journalist. That's what Luke did, and he was a doctor, so he was trained to pay attention to detail. And that's what he did. So not only do we have the Gospel of Luke, we also have the book of Acts, which tells us what happens after Jesus went up to heaven. It was the Acts of the Apostles. And so Luke recorded all of that as well. So we have that. And it's an incredible thing. We have it. Not just them 2,000 years ago. We have it here today. It's part of God's plan. Demas eventually fell away from following Jesus, and he's not a good example to follow. But in verse 15, Paul concludes with this. He says, Please give my greetings to our brothers and sisters at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church that meets in her house. So Paul, after mentioning these four specific groups of people, he then sends encouragement to the people who are at the church where Paul was writing to in Colossia. And he began to write and say, please encourage Nympha and the church that meets at her house. And we all send our greetings to all of you, be encouraged, essentially is what Paul was saying, to continue to live the life that Jesus has called you to live from the inside out and deliver freedom to everybody, wherever you go, whatever you do, deliver that freedom. That's what Paul 
was saying. Now, here's the incredible thing about that group of people. They were all normal people, just like me, just like you. They all had what we would consider most normal gifts. And yet God, through the empowering of their spirit, through the Holy Spirit, used their gifts to accomplish his greater purpose. And here's the amazing thing, guys. God's plan to expand is you and me, and it's an incredible thing. Because God uses ordinary people like you and, you and me to accomplish his extraordinary things and his extraordinary purpose. It's incredible. Who knows what God might use you and, or me to do for people 2,000 years from now? I mean, we sometimes, we, we think we're insignificant, that we don't, you know, our lives don't mean anything. And, and oftentimes when that happens, we begin to kind of settle into a rut where we live in our soul and we do the best we can, but we don't let the spirit break out. Or what, the other thing that happens, and this happens more commonly, is the second example I gave earlier, where we'll be living, we'll be doing things wherever we're working, living, playing, and we sense the spirit of God saying, you need to go do this. You need to, you know, help this person, give money here, whatever it is that the Holy Spirit's telling you to do, and we ignore him. And this part's glowing bright, but nothing's happening within us. And the Spirit, listen, here's the thing about God, okay? This is his character. God will never impose himself on us. God will never impose himself on us. God is a gentleman. He will never impose himself on us. And what that means is this. God is never going to let this part burn so bright that it's automatically going to break through the soul and break through the body. He won't do that. We have to allow him to break through. And that's where the discipline and obedience and walking in obedience to Jesus, that's where the release of the Spirit happens. And that's where the power and presence of God comes. And we can deliver that to people. So here's the deal. God's plan to expand is you and me together as we're invited to partner with him in his redemptive mission on the earth because we have a message to deliver to the people that we work with, the people in our families, and our friends. And the message is this, God loves you. And he's got a tremendous plan for you. And you're doing life your way. You're trying to live from the outside in and you will never be satisfied. But I have a truth to tell you. If you'll trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior, in that moment, your inner life can be set on fire. And if you'll walk in obedience, if you'll walk by the Spirit, He'll release that through you. And, and you will have what Jesus said is a full life. Listen, that full life isn't just for later. Okay, if you're a follower of Jesus in here right now, I want to talk to you very specifically, okay? That full life that Jesus has called us to live is not just in heaven. It's for now. We can have it now. And the problem is so many of us settle to not either, to either try to live in our own power or to ignore God's prompting in his spirit altogether. And I, I can say that because I, I do it all the time. I do it all the time. I try to do things in my own power or I'll ignore God's spirit. And it, again, it's that war that's battling inside of me between the spirit and the flesh. It happens for all of us. But I want to encourage you today, just like I can encourage myself right now, to let God's spirit burn so bright inside of us that we obey and we walk in obedience and discipline 
in him that it breaks out through our soul, through our body. And incredible things will begin to happen. People will begin to change because they will be in the presence and the power of God. And they will know that God loves them because we love them. And they will know that God has a plan for their life because he's communicating that to them through us. And guys, we can't miss opportunities like that this week. And it's as simple as this. You go to work. God prompts you in your spirit. In your spirit go talk to so-and-so. I don't want to talk to them. They're mean. <laughs> I'm a scared. You know? You ever said that? I'm a scared. That comes from the soul. That's the soul talking. Because perfect love, which is found in the Spirit of God, where there is freedom, perfect love casts out fear. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom from what? Fear and everything else. And so when we let the Spirit break through and we go and speak to that person, we might not know what God's doing, and it might look like they rejected us, and that's okay. Because God knows what he's doing. And so we need to be obedient in that way and let his spirit continue to break through our lives because we are God's plan to expand. Let's look at our commitment for today. It says this, I will take the opportunities God gives me to expand his kingdom this week. And I would encourage you deeply, don't miss them because God's going to bring them because we're going to pray for that right now. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the opportunities you give us to expand your kingdom, your influence, your love, your freedom on this earth. God, we pray right now that this week you would bring us divine appointments, that you would bring us opportunities to share your kingdom with those around us where we live, where we work, and we play. God, I pray you would bring us opportunities even today to partner with you in your redemptive mission on the earth. And God, I pray today, specifically right now, for those who have trusted you as Lord and Savior, I pray right now you'd fill them with your Holy Spirit. I pray it would begin to burn bright deep down inside of them. And that it would burn hot. And that they would begin to walk in obedience and discipline. God, that I would begin to walk in obedience and discipline to your Spirit. And that we might be a people filled with your power and your presence and that freedom would flow from us like rushing water and that people would be consumed by your love and your grace. God, I pray for those today who maybe are saying, you know what, I, I realize I've been living from the outside in and I need to live from the inside out and I, I want that today. I want, to, I want that today. God, I pray right now that you would show their hearts. All they have to do is believe in you, to trust you as Lord and Savior. And that's it. And you send your spirit and you begin to work. And so God, I pray you would do that now in this moment. God, speak to all of our hearts and change us today by your presence of your, of your spirit, by the release of your spirit. Change us. Help us to live inside out lives as we expand your kingdom this week. In Jesus' name.